COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. Our goal is to protect the lives and livelihoods of Australians. We have breaking news on a corona scare. The panic buying. Self-isolating on a statewide level. Stop it. It's Monday the 20th of April. Welcome to Coronavirus Watch. I'm Kate Ryan and I'm here with Ben O'Shea. And Ben, let's start with what's probably the biggest and most positive news for the day, Zero new cases for WA. Yeah, this is the first time in 59 days that uh, Premier Mark McGowan hasn't had to front the media and announce uh, COVID-19 cases. He described it as very encouraging. I think everybody else would describe it as bloody fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's a phenomenal result, uh, but he cautioned, and uh, Health Minister Roger Cook also cautioned, that it's too early to really say that we have defeated the virus. There are still, uh, you're talking about um, 20 27 people still in hospital, uh, six still in the ICU. Uh, there have been a number of recoveries. That's also really positive yeah. news. 435 people have recovered from COVID-19 so far, wow. uh, which means uh, in terms of active cases in WA at the moment, we only have 103 active cases of, of the coronavirus, uh, which is amazing. Uh, 28,924 West Aussies have tested negative. Uh, so at the moment today, uh, this is very positive news. Yeah, and nationally, Australia is also seeing those uh, trend in the right direction. Yeah, another record low uh, number of new cases in recent history. Uh, we've got uh, only 26 new cases nationwide. Uh, Queensland did great. Zero new cases in Queensland. Only one new case in Victoria. So again, it's very positive news and a sign that we're taking great steps towards flattening the curve and getting some great results in our commitment to kind of uh, defeat the virus. Uh, nationally, we've got 6,619 confirmed cases. 71 people have died. And that's always important to remember that it is a deadly disease. We might be getting on top of it. Uh, I actually saw a great uh, meme on Instagram today that I'll yeah. share with the <laughs> listeners. So they said that uh, saying that um, that we've flattened the curve, we can ease restrictions and go back to normal is a bit like saying this parachute is working great. I can take it off halfway <laughs> halfway between here and the ground. Oh uh, so you, you really you really can't afford to let up. You can look at easing some restrictions, perhaps, and the government has uh, said today that they're looking at that. But it's certainly too early to say that we've beaten COVID-19. It's a long battle ahead. Yeah, and it does seem to change every week. One week where we're locking down and we're not doing too well, the next where, you know... Wanting, getting a good result. Getting a good result, and it's, and it's because we have been locking down. Yeah, absolutely. It, it rewards it rewards good behaviour and sticking to the yeah. rules. It's one of those, one of those situations. Yeah. Uh, internationally, it yeah. hasn't been as good. Uh, there's success stories and failures, I think, from country to country. The positive news is that places like uh, New York uh, and the UK, even though they've experienced so much death, uh, they're seeing a slowing in the death rate, which is, which is fantastic. Uh, we've now currently worldwide uh, 2.4 million confirmed cases, uh, and there's been 165,000 deaths, a bit over 165,000. So that's terrible to see. Um, India is one of the new battlegrounds for the virus. Uh, they've they've had uh, 1,500 new cases in the last 24 hours, and this wow. was this was a country that had some of the strictest lockdown measures in the world. Uh, but there's such a huge population crowded into such small areas. It doesn't take much for an outbreak to get out of hand. Uh, they're desperately hoping that is not the case right now. Yeah, that's terrible. Now, coming back home, and obviously the, the biggest news is that WA has zero cases, and Health Minister Roger Cook had some really encouraging news for West Australians. The milestone of 
in, in this battle against coronavirus of reaching zero new cases is obviously something of which we should all be proud. I'd like to thank all the families who missed celebrating Easter together, to the kids whose birthday parties were cancelled, replaced with online gatherings and special thanks to, their, to our elderly, many of whom have stayed at home in isolation to protect themselves and others. I know it's tough and I know it can be lonely, but we are winning this battle together. Every Western Australian can be proud of this result, but our work here is not done. Yeah, absolutely not done. And that was the message that uh, Roger Cook reiterated at his press conference today. It wasn't just kids that missed out on birthday parties. I missed out on my birthday party too because of this. (laughs) But it's a small price to pay because, you know, we are talking about a life and death situation. Uh, The health minister was asked today why, uh, given the numbers that we've had, why we aren't pursuing uh, mass testing of asymptomatic people. Uh, because we want to know exactly how much coronavirus is out there in the community amongst people who aren't showing symptoms. Uh, And he said at the moment it wasn't really necessary. There was no issue in terms of the number of tests or the resources or anything like that. He did say it was an expense that probably uh, didn't need to happen because... uh, We don't have that many cases. You'd get a lot of negative results, and so the data itself wouldn't be that meaningful. He thinks that maybe going forward we could do more targeted testing of asymptomatic people, so people like uh, police officers, healthcare workers, even teachers and potentially students at schools Mm -hmm. could be featuring in specific uh, testing measures going forward. And I think that'll be be fascinating to see how the government rolls out that strategy and uh, what it tells us about uh, the spread of coronavirus in Western Australia, if indeed it is happening. He also mentioned FIFO workers in those targeted groups. There is one company that is doing their own testing, and that's Rio Tinto. Um, yeah, he said it was interesting listening to him talk. He said they're working with companies like Rio to help them uh, implement strategies like that. But he said there were limitations to that style of testing because you could test someone today. That doesn't guarantee that they're not going to test positive for COVID-19 tomorrow. So uh, it, maybe there's a certain amount of peace of mind or, or ticking a box that Rio get from doing it. There's no harm in doing it as someone loses a tiny drop of blood but that's about it uh, so Roger Cook I think saw it as uh, part of an overarching strategy to manage uh, the suppression in Western Australia of the virus uh, and I think if companies want to do that the state government will assist where they can and probably try and direct their energies and money uh, to be spent in the areas that will give the best result. Now speaking of suppression one of one of the methods has been the hotel quarantines for people who Australians who have arrived in WA, they've spent 14 days in hotels. Uh, The health minister said 2,400 people have been in hotel quarantining. So um, it's good to know that there have been that many people. Um, It started on March 21 and 105 of those people have tested positive or were close contacts of people who had coronavirus. Yeah, you remember that early story of the uh, Instagram influencer who was complaining about it? That feels like it happened 20 years ago, Um, but it was only a couple of weeks back. And yeah, Roger Cook said today that it it proved how useful that strategy has been. The fact that there's been 100 people who either have tested positive or are waiting for a test results and the fact that they've been uh, uh, locked up is probably not the <laughs> ideal word to use it, but that effectively is what has happened to them. They've been locked up in hotels like the Duxton 
uh, and kept away from the community, except for the bloke who escaped and then found himself in jail, kept away from the community to limit the spread. Uh, And I think that's been really critical in how well WA has responded to this pandemic. Uh, And now people are being released. Uh, Flights have started and they are leaving Western Australia. Um, I'm sure those people want to get back to wherever they came from. And I know uh, Premier Mark McGowan and Roger Cook are also keen to see them leave as well. The state government have been paying for these hotels. You have to remember that. Yeah. And my understanding, talking to some of these people, is that uh, that they've been uh, given a sort of 72 hours. The government will continue to pay for their accommodation uh, to allow them to find a flight home. Uh, now that the flights have restarted, that's a big thing. Um, and they can either use their uh, existing travel agents or they can use a government-appointed travel agent who will help them uh, facilitate those flights back home. And we wish them all the best. Uh, unfortunately for some of them, they'll probably also have to do a second uh, quarantine when they get to their home state. So it could end up being basically a month that they've been locked up in a hotel room with no access to fresh air. But as we keep saying, you know, this is a deadly virus and the inconvenience of a few, even if even 2,400 people is nothing compared to what it would cost to our health system if the disease was to just uh, spread rampant through uh, Western Australia. Yeah, and it is it is a minor inconvenience for those 2,400 people, but there is a section of our community that don't have any of those protections. And today the Health Minister announced a package to help homeless people. Uh, he announced a $735,000 package to help uh, the homeless people with a mobile street. Yeah, like a, a mobile street health practice. I didn't write it on mine. Um, $735,000 for a mobile street health practice. Yeah, that's right. This is an interesting initiative uh, to to really help those who are the most vulnerable in the WA community. Uh, Haven't spoken much about uh, how COVID-19 has impacted homeless people because as with anything, the homeless homeless people are often forgotten, uh, which is a terrible situation and it certainly makes their lives more difficult. But in this instance, uh, if we forget about these people, they're, they're much more likely uh, to to die from uh, COVID-19 because of underlying health issues, access to medical help, all that kind of stuff. And so this is designed to reach those people, make sure they're okay. Uh, and let's, let's hear what Roger Cook had to say about it. We know that the COVID-19 virus preys most upon those vulnerable in our community. And this funding will represent a good opportunity to continue to make sure that we look after the homeless in our community. Yeah, it is really great to see that there is something being done to help the vulnerable part of our community. Now, moving on to the hard border closures that we've heard so much about over the last couple of weeks, we heard that 285,000 people have approached these intrastate borders and either some of them, most of them have passed through. Passed through, yeah. Some of them have been rejected. But it's all, it's all, this today was all an announcement for a new app to go against the paper-based process that's yeah. been happening. <laughs> that's right. And we'll talk about another app <laughs> that created a bit of controversy later on. But yeah, so this G2G Pass app uh, has been designed by a, a tech company in Leaderville in association with the WA Police and the state government. So it's designed to streamline the application process to allow you to move between the different regions in Western Australia. Uh, and so instead of having to fill out a form or go online or anything like that, you download the app, 
sign up for uh, for an application. Uh, you can be approved pretty much instantly. You get given a QR code on your phone, which you can print out if you want, or you can just approach a one of the police blockades, show them your phone, they'll scan the QR code, and you'll be waived on your way. So the idea is to make things much easier for people who have to uh, travel through the regions for work. Uh, and we've already seen apparently uh, 8,000 uh, freight companies and transport companies sign up to the app, even though it hasn't been promoted yeah. at all. Uh, and another 1,000 people from the, uh, from, the, from the general public who've signed up. And, and so now that they've announced it officially, I would expect those numbers to really skyrocket. I think they missed they missed the trick calling it the G2G. I think they could have <laughs> called it the Nat Fife app yeah. because he could have really done with that on his surfing trip to Margaret River. Um, but I guess it's a sign that the government wants to minimise the inconvenience of these restrictions on people who have to travel through WA for work. Uh, it, we know that it's so important to keep the economy functioning as well as possible in these difficult times and this app is a step in that direction. And they also said it would make uh, travel easier for people going for compassionate reasons as well instead of having to fill out forms and usually if it is a compassionate reason that's people are already in trying times so to have to fill out a form and then have to go and prove why you're crossing through a border when probably you're desperate to get somewhere, this is going to make it a lot more streamlined. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about trying times, <laughs> uh, some people have found the restrictions on the amount of liquor that you could buy a little bit trying, uh, even though we have to point out it was three bottles of wine and a case of beer a day. A I, think, day. <laughs> I think that's enough for most people. But uh, the police commissioner announced today that uh, effective immediately, the booze restrictions in Western Australia would be lifted. Uh, I think it's probably, it could see, bizarrely, a reduction in the amount of alcohol people people are drinking. We spoke about this last we week. Did, yeah, yeah, we spoke about it saying that uh, people, because there is a restriction, um, you go, usually you'd go to, to the bottle shop to buy one bottle, but because you can only buy three, you buy three. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And so Chris Dawson said he's been pretty pleased with how uh, Western Australians had responded, their behaviour when it came to, to buying liquor. Uh, initially, there was some panic buying. I think I went into, I remember going into a Dan Murphy's along with pretty much everybody else in Perth yeah. when they announced the liquor restrictions. And you couldn't get a case of beer for love or money. But now I think everybody's calmed down and uh, there is clearly no, no problem with the supply of alcohol into Western Australia. Uh, and so now uh, those restrictions will be lifted. It's a it's another indication that things are slowly getting back to normal in Western Australia. Yeah, it does feel like a little bit every day like things are going back to normal. But one thing that we are doing more than ever, which is a little bit away from the norm, is spending more and more time online. I mean, most of us spend a lot of the time on Facebook or, or whatever, but there have been already been privacy concerns over Zoom and House Party and these new apps that we never had heard of three weeks ago, but there's a different kind of privacy concern. Yeah, well, we spoke on Coronavirus Watch recently about the federal government's new tracking app. Uh, straight away, anything that's called a tracking app is going to, <laughs> is going to get the, the tin tinfoil hat brigade upset. Uh, and so the idea is you sign up to this app, you download the app, and it will keep track of your movements and your uh, coronavirus status. And so to help uh, track and monitor the spread of coronavirus in Western Australia, and uh, Scott Morrison has said that uh, it's a voluntary app, but if less than 40% of Australians uh, sign up to it, then we could be looking at the extension of social distancing for the foreseeable future. If a lot of people sign up to the app, the some of the social distancing restrictions might not be as necessary. So it's a bit of a blackmail kind of situation there. Today, there was uh, a debate around privacy concerns uh, and whether or not uh, the data regarding people
people's movements would be shared with law enforcement. Um, my perspective on this is always that if you, you know, no one likes the idea of a big brother kind of keeping uh, keeping tabs on you. But at the same time, you know, if you're not really doing anything wrong, you don't yeah. have much to worry about. <laughs> and uh, an independent um, online security uh, board um, has uh, has given this uh, new federal government t- uh, app the tick of approval. So uh, I think the the privacy concerns are pretty pretty uh, limited at this point. Yeah. Now we were just talking about the hard borders and um, and hotels and the flights returning to normal, but we might have a little bit of a bump in the road in that in that um, from our West Australian aviation expert Geoffrey Thomas, he has uh, written a story that Virgin Australia is set to move into voluntary administration tomorrow um, after repeated efforts to secure government funding reportedly failed. Now, uh, the airline had previously been asking the government for a $1.4 billion bailout. Yeah, it's not not exactly small change. No, it's not. And, you know, the government did come to some support and waived taxes and they also asked Virgin to be the airline to transfer uh, passengers throughout the country to return home. But obviously this isn't going to be enough to keep Virgin afloat. Yeah, that's right. In situations like this, uh, in in normal times, you might see a big international uh, company or private equity group swoop in and uh, scoop up the airline. But of course, uh, in these really, really difficult financial uh, circumstances, that sort of 11th hour saviour has not materialised. And so it's really left no option but for the airline to go into administration. Uh, it, Deloitte, the massive accounting firm, is expected to be announced as the administrator. Uh, and so it's sad to see. We've seen it once before in Australia with ANSET yeah. collapse and then what what came of that. Uh, I guess we'll, everybody's just going to have to take a step back and, and see where we go from here and what uh, if it is Deloitte who is the administrator for the airline, uh, what they do with it and if, if there is any way to resuscitate the corpse of Virgin Australia, so to speak. Yeah, only time will tell. Now, moving overseas, and it feels like every day something different happens in America. And now Americans have started protesting the fact that they have to stay at home. Yeah, this is kind of like a tea party situation. (laughs) You've got this section of America who... Uh, really don't pay much attention about uh, you know science, health advice, the media, all all of the, all of that kind of stuff that you'd think is sort of a source of common sense, and, and instead they're protesting, literally out on the street, en masse, protesting social distancing, protesting the COVID nineteen restrictions that their individual state governors have imposed, and as as crazy as that sounds, because the US has had more than forty thousand deaths because of coronavirus, it's a massive massive problem, over seven hundred thousand confirmed cases in America. Uh, and to make it even more bizarre, you've got the president in the White House, Donald Trump, who's tweeting in support uh, of these people protesting and encouraging them to protest against the governors in their own states um, because he's kind of got locked into a battle with some of these governors over who has the power to turn the economy back on. Uh, and the Constitution says it's individual governors. Trump, of course, as we know, uh, has never been like a big, big fan of the Constitution <laughs> of America. Uh, and as a result, 
we've seen uh, his his approval rating has taken a massive hit. So they talk in America about something called the, the rally around the flag. So in times of crisis, uh, the American people have traditionally uh, flocked to the president, mm-hmm. uh, the guy in charge, looked for him uh, for inspiration and for hope and for leadership. And in the past, it's it's shown that the approval rating of sitting presidents during a crisis has gone up. Um, Obama experienced a bump in approval um, after he uh, was oversaw the killing of Osama bin Laden. Mm-hmm. For George W. Bush, one of you know one of the least successful presidents ever, uh, he got a seventy percent increase in his approval rating uh, after nine eleven. Yeah. Uh, Trump, on the other hand has really failed to see that materialise. If anything, uh, he's gone the other way. His disapproval rating in a poll that came out today has hit 54%, uh, more than his approval rating. Uh, And so it's going to have ramifications for the presidential election later in the year if he doesn't turn it around. And based on what he's been doing, it's hard to see him doing that. Yeah. It's just incredible. I think sometimes uh, Americans are taking the whole land of the free a little bit too literally. I think yeah. there are some times where you should just He's help. to sacrifice help, some yeah. freedoms, I think, for the yep. good of everybody else. Yep, help someone else out. Now to a leader who is generally really well favoured. Everyone loves her. Everyone yeah. loves Jacinda Ardern over in New Zealand. She could be one of the most popular world leaders. I'm not sure how popular she is within New Zealand, but outside of New Zealand, yeah. everyone thinks she's doing a pretty great job. Uh, and today she said that um, they're going to look at relaxing the restrictions. They're currently at a level, they went to level four, the highest level of restrictions um, very early on, before a lot of countries uh, did in a similar position as New Zealand was. Uh, and now they're looking at uh, assessing the situation. They've done pretty well and they're looking at winding it back to sort of level three which is kind of where Australia is at the moment uh, which could involve uh, opening some of the things that they've shut down like offices schools non-essential services like bars and restaurants and playgrounds will open again uh, and they're going to make that decision around May 11. Yeah and their their method has been slightly different to Australia's they have gone for the eradication um, and this is Jacinda kind of explaining what that means and taken a quantum leap forward in our goal to eliminate the virus. Elimination doesn't mean zero cases. It means zero tolerance for cases. It means when a case emerges, and it will, we test, we contact trace, we isolate, and we do that every single time with the ambition that when we see COVID, we eliminate it. That is how we will keep our transmission rate under one. And it is how we will keep succeeding. Uh, She also outlined how restrictions will change once New Zealand moves to level three, uh, more in line to what Australia is now. So people still must remain at home unless they're going to work, school or exercise or getting the essentials. People must continue to work and learn from home if they can. Early learning centres and school will be physically open up to year 10. Industries like construction, manufacturing, forestry and retail will be allowed to open as long as they are COVID safe. Parks and beaches are open to exercise, but people are encouraged to stay local and keep two metres away from each other. And people can expand their bubble of social contacts to include close family, isolated people or caregivers. 
Quite interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I think someone who probably would have liked to, to be in a bubble was Boris Johnson, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Prime Minister of the UK, who, as we know, uh, caught COVID-19 after uh, famously saying a couple of weeks earlier that he would continue to shake people's hands. Uh, and so now now that uh, Boris has recovered and he's on the mend, uh, I think it's uh, all, the, uh, all the kid gloves are off as far as his political opponents are concerned and they're back to uh, uh, sticking the boot into him. And yeah. it's been pointed out that uh, Boris missed five key meetings very early on in the outbreak of COVID-19 in the UK. Uh, emergency meetings where government officials were briefed on how dangerous and serious the situation could be. And the fact that he's missed those five key meetings is certainly a pretty bad look. Uh, and especially considering the UK uh, has cr- just crossed over the 16,000 death mark. So Boris probably has some questions to answer as to where he was. Yeah. And especially it's a bit embarrassing considering... Uh, he got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, this one I find really interesting. Can you tell me how the mafia are, po- are poised to cash in on coronavirus? Yeah, so you, while every other industry is seemingly decimated by the coronavirus, the mafia and organised crime in Italy uh, are looking like they're going to make a, a really m- make a lot of money out of this. So in a couple of different ways, and they'll probably look at expanding this throughout their entire international crime network. Uh, and so for starters, uh, we know that uh, the closure of all the borders created uh, huge headaches for, for drug traffickers. The drugs were just not getting in anymore because there were no flights. But in the few weeks before that happened, uh, all of the uh, airport officials and customs officials were so concerned with coronavirus, they weren't really paying attention to what else might have been slipping through uh, through wow. the customs checkpoints. And so the mafia in Italy actually were able to, they suspect, smuggle in so, mu- so much more drugs than they would have normally. So they've kind of got a bit of a stockpile uh, of this, which now they can, you know, they've cornered the market, basically. And the other way that they're cashing in is uh, protection and loan sharking is a huge, oh, is a huge yeah. thing for the mafia. And so what they're doing with all of these businesses that are struggling and only so much government money to go around in terms of bailouts, the mafia are going to struggling businesses and saying, well, we'll give you a loan, but we'll help you out. But then that comes with massive interest rates and uh, all sorts of terrible repayment options. Uh, And so, and as we know from a million mafia movies, (laughs) once you're in their pocket, you know, that's a terrible place to be. Uh, And so now the mafia are looking to really, really make a lot of money in Italy and then the rest of the world by providing funds for struggling businesses and then they'll come to collect when this is all over. Yeah, that does seem like it's, well, the coronavirus is is terrible anyway, but it's a terrible side effect of it, the, the yeah, increase in exactly. this. Moving to some lighter news and a Spanish taxi driver, he has been taking patients to the hospital for free for, for weeks. Uh, so one day the hospital called him to pick up a patient, but instead of just passing over the patient, they lined, doctors and nurses lined the entrance to surprise him with a standing ovation. Let's take a listen. So he he looks (laughs) very puzzled as he's walking through the door and I would say there's about 20, 20 or so doctors and nurses just 
Just giving him a yeah, standing ovation. Giving him a standing O. And, he's, and he breaks down in tears. But the thing that I like best about this video, yeah. and it's been, it's been shared online, it's been watched nearly 10 million times in the past uh, 24 hours or so, <laughs> but he, he wasn't just there uh, to get this round of applause. They also gave him the result of his very own coronavirus test, yeah, yeah. and thankfully he was negative. Uh, thank you for joining us. That's Coronavirus Watch for Monday, April 20. Join us again tomorrow as we bring you the coronavirus news that matters to you. Bye for now.